0: Chapter sixteen of Exotics and Retrospectives This is a Librivox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit Librivox. org Recording by Christine G Exotics and Retrospectives by Lafcado Hearn The Eternal Haunter This year the Tokyo colour prince. Nishihike, seem to me of unusual interest. They reproduce, or almost reproduce, the colour charm of the early broadsides, and they show a marked improvement in line-drawing. Certainly one could not wish for anything prettier than the best prints for the present season. My latest purchase has been a set of weird studies, spectres of all kinds known to the Far East, including many varieties not yet discovered in the West some are extremely unpleasant but a few are really charming here for example is a delicious thing by chikanobu just published and for sale at the remarkable price of three sen can you guess what it represents yes a girl but what kind of a girl study it a little very lovely is she not with that shy sweetness in her downcast gaze that light and dainty grace as of a resting butterfly no she is not some psyche of the most eastern east in the sense that you mean but she is a soul observe that the cherry flowers falling from the branch above are passing through her form see also the folds of her robe below melting into blue faint mist how delicate and vapory the whole thing is it gives you the feeling of spring and all those fairy colours are the colours of a japanese spring morning No, she is not the personification of any season. Rather, she is a dream. Such a dream as might haunt the slumbers of far-eastern youth. But the artist did not intend her to represent a dream. You cannot guess. Well, she is a tree-spirit, the spirit of the cherry-tree. Only in the twilight of morning or of evening she appears, gliding about her tree, and whoever sees her must love her but if approached, she vanishes back into the trunk like a vapor absorbed. There is a legend of one tree spirit who loved a man and even gave him a son, but such conduct was quite a variance of the shy habits of her race. You ask what is the use of drawing the impossible? Your asking proves that you do not feel the charm of this vision of youth, this dream of spring i hold that the impossible bears a much closer relation to fact than thus most of that we call the real and the commonplace the impossible may not be naked truth but i think that it is usually truth masked and veiled perhaps but eternal now to me this japanese dream is true true at least as human love is considered even as a ghost it is true whoever pretends not to believe in ghosts of any sort lies to his own heart every man is haunted by ghosts. And this colour-print reminds me of a ghost whom we all know, though most of us, poets excepted, are unwilling to confess the acquaintance. Perhaps, for it happens to some of us, you may have seen this haunter in dreams of the night, even during childhood. Then, of course, you could not know the beautiful shape of bending above your rest. Possibly you thought her to be an angel or the soul of a dead sister. But in waking life we first become aware of her presence about the time when boyhood begins to ripen into youth. This first of her operations is a shock of ecstasy, a breathless delight, but the wonder and the pleasure are quickly followed by a sense of sadness inexpressible, totally unlike any sadness ever felt before, though in her gaze there is only caress, and on her lips the most exquisite of smiles and you cannot imagine the reason of that feeling until you have learned who she is, which is not an easy thing to learn. Only a moment she remains, but during that luminous moment all the tides of your being set and surge to her with a longing for which there is not any word, and then, suddenly, she is not, and you find that the sun has gloomed, the colours of the world turned grey, Thereafter, enchantment remains between you and all that you loved before. Persons or things or places, none of them will ever seem again so near and dear as in other days. Often she will return. Once that you have seen her, she will never cease to visit you. And this haunting, ineffably sweet, inexplicably sad, may fill you with rash desire to wander over the world in search of somebody like her, but however long and far you wander, never will you find that somebody. Later you may learn to fear her visits because of the pain they bring, the strange pain that you cannot understand. But the breath of zones and seas cannot divide you from her. Walls of iron cannot exclude her. Soundless and subtle as a shudder of ether is the motion of her. Ancient her beauty as the heart of man, yet ever waxing fairer for ever remaining young. Mortals wither in time as leaves in the frost of autumn, but time only brightens the glow and the bloom of her endless youth. All men have loved her, all must continue to love her, but none shall touch with his lips even the hem of her garment. All men adore her, yet all she deceives, and many other ways of her deception. Most often she lures her lover into the presence of some earthly maid, and blends herself incomprehensibly with the body of that maid, and works such sudden glamour that a human gaze becomes divine, that a human limbs shine through their raiment, but presently the luminous haunter detaches herself from the mortal, and leaves her dupe to wonder at a mockery of sense. No man can describe her, though nearly all men have some time tried to do so pictured she cannot be since her beauty itself is a ceaseless becoming multiple to infinitude and tremulous with perpetual quickening as with flowing of light there is a story indeed that thousands of years ago some marvellous sculptor was able to fix in stone a single remembrance of her but this doing became for many the cause of sorrow supreme and the gods decreed, out of compassion, that to no other mortal should ever be given power to work the like wonder. In these years we can worship only, we cannot portray. But who is she? What is she? Ah, that is what I wanted you to ask. Well, she has never had a name, but I shall call her a tree spirit. The Japanese say that you can exercise a tree spirit, if you are cruel enough to do it simply by cutting down her tree. But you cannot exercise the spirit of whom I speak, nor ever cut down her tree. For her tree is the measureless, timeless, billion-branching tree of life. Even the world-tree, Yggdrasil, whose roots are in night and death, whose head is above the gods. Seek to woo her, she is echo. Seek to clasp her, she is shadow but her smile will haunt you into the hour of dissolution and beyond, through numberless lives to come. And never will you return her smile. Never, because of that which it awakens within you, the pain that you cannot understand. And never, never shall you win to her. Because she is the phantom light of long-expired suns, because she was shaped by the beating of infinite millions of hearts that are dust, Because her witchery was made in the endless ebb and flow of the visions and hopes of youth, through countless forgotten cycles of your own incalculable past. End of Chapter Sixteen. End of Exotics and Retrospectives, by Lafcadio Hearn.